will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons. And you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. And this will give you an opportunity to testify. These words of Jesus from Luke 21 verses 12 and 13 that we heard in today's gospel lesson remind us that Christians are no strangers to persecution. God's word of law and gospel has always offended people. God's law, because it exposes our sin and our inability to justify ourselves. And the gospel, because in offering the grace of God to sinners, it offends our sense of justice and perhaps even vengeance. No one knew that better than Jesus himself, whose words and mode of life offended his contemporaries to such an extent that they crucified him. Persecution has followed Jesus' disciples ever since, even to the present day. People, like us, don't like to be told that what they're doing is wrong. We don't want to hear that our lives are not our own. We like to think that we are the arbiters of right and wrong, and we don't like to be told that we're not. We, like the prophet Jonah, get angry when we see forgiveness extended to the guilty. We may even feel like God is persecuting us with impossible rules, unrealistic expectations, way too much talk about sin, and way too much forgiveness of those who sin against us. Neither genuine persecution nor the sense of being persecuted by God are new to Christians. Which is not to say that they don't matter, but rather that whether we're being persecuted or merely feeling persecuted, we have company. We are not the only ones. We have not been specially singled out by God for punishment. When God speaks to his disciples in Luke 21 about the coming persecution, he's also speaking to us, telling us to expect it and to use it, to use it as an opportunity to witness. Easier said than done, of course, but Jesus didn't just say it. He did it himself, as have countless numbers of our forebears in faith who have been persecuted for their faith in Jesus Christ. Now you may think that any 21st century American Christian talking about persecution really has no idea what persecution really is. We are indeed blessed to face far less persecution than many Christians have in the past and continue to do today. We think, for example, of the martyrs of the early church, of dissident Christians living under totalitarian regimes now and in the past. Christians who live in places where discrimination against them for jobs, housing, and education is widespread. And Christians who routine, routinely endure exclusion, insults, threats, and violence from hostile neighbors on account of their faith. But there is hostility to Christian faith and people in every society, tacit or overt, legal or simply cultural, 
as a result of our obedience to God or a result of our failure to live up to God's high standards. And so when you encounter persecution and opposition, do not be alarmed. Do not be terrified. Don't curl up in a ball and apologize for trying to be faithful. But instead, turn it into an opportunity to witness. Speak the truth in love, simply, faithfully, with malice toward none, regarding your antagonists as beloved of God, future Christians in training. Know that you're not alone. If possible, seek help, advice, and encouragement from wise Christians that you trust. But don't be afraid to speak the word in season just because you know you won't do it perfectly. Try, as we heard Jesus doing with Zacchaeus in the gospel lesson two weeks ago, to treat them as the people you hope they will become rather than as the pests or persecutors that they are now being. In the gospel of Jesus Christ, God has entrusted us with a treasure to share with the world. It's not for hiding under a bushel basket. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's the good news of God's grace towards sinners like us in Jesus Christ, which our neighbors need to hear from us in the worst way. As the Apostle Paul writes to the Christians in Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning at verse 6, For God, who said, Let light shine out of the darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure, Paul writes, in jars of clay or earthen vessels, to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Paul walked the talk. He endured great suffering for the sake of his faith, and he knew how painful, isolating, and lonely it can feel. But he knew also the value and power and need for the gospel of God's grace to us in Jesus Christ. In 2 Thessalonians 3.13, Paul writes, Brothers and sisters, do not be weary in doing what is right. For Jesus' sake, and for the opportunity to share the treasure of the gospel, he willingly endured persecution and abuse throughout his ministry. Paul's example, and that of the many other courageous Christians who have braved danger and hardship for Christ's sake, inspire us to continue their good work despite the sometimes high cost of discipleship. So we take heart and soldier on even when it is costly and wearying, encouraged by the words of our first lesson from Isaiah 65, confident that persecution will not last forever. 
Listen to this beautiful passage beginning at verse 17. Isaiah writes in God's voice, For I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard in it or the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days or an old person who does not live out a lifetime. These are the words of a God who knows the pain and suffering of the world and who, as the man, Jesus Christ, took it on willingly to bear our sin and the punishment for it so that he might reconcile us to himself. These are the days ahead that God promises us in a new heaven and a new earth. We look forward to them with joy, and the prospect of those days encourages us in our present struggles. Therefore, we do not lose heart or weary in doing what is right, but instead seize every opportunity in hardship or in ease, in season and out, to witness to the superabundant grace and mercy of God poured out for us in Jesus Christ, our Lord.